0: Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Part of life is... You learn on the job, you learn the skills, you acquire the skills that you need to acquire. But if you never push yourself into a place where you're going to need to learn, or you're going to need to think fast, or you're going to need to keep up, or you're going to have to research, then growth is going to stall.
1: This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Edwin Frandoso. Welcome. Welcome back. How are you doing today? How's your How's your day going? How's your week going? I hope you're doing well today. Thank you for taking the time to join us, getting close to milestone episode number 100. And I'm wondering how to celebrate. I'm wondering what to do. I'm looking forward to the next 100. I'd love to hear from you. Give me your thoughts. Hit me up on social media at TBLCast or Dragon Meme, my personal one. Of course, send me an email, edwin at thebusinessleadership.com. But if you have any amazing guests that you'd love to hear from, let me know and we'll do our very best to get them on the show. Well, this is episode number 95. Super excited to introduce the interview I had with Lori Campbell. She's the VP and partner of Barry's Bootcamp Canada. She combines her passion for fitness with her entrepreneurial spirit. She has been credited for bringing the best workout in the world to the Canadian fitness landscape. Following apprenticeships under acclaimed yoga gurus, Lori started her career as a yoga teacher back in 1998, building on her passion for teaching. Lori went on to lead and direct yoga and meditation retreats internationally, and in 2000, she opened her own Toronto studio. It was called The Breathing Room, which grew to such success that it ended in a partnership with one of Toronto's leading yoga studios, Downward Dog. And in 2010, she was hired by Roots as the director of both their yoga studio and active athletics clothing line. She oversaw studio operations and product development and also became the director of the Roots Village Project, which was a program that partnered at-risk youth in Toronto and Vancouver with fitness experts and role models in order to provide a healthy platform for personal growth. In this conversation, Lori talks about being a female entrepreneur, the challenges that she she was able to overcome with the help of her family and peers. She offers tips and tricks on how to survive the demand of a male-dominated industry. She also gives advice on, on taking the plunge and setting up a business to moving ahead when seemingly the odds are against you. Our sponsors today are Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they're calling in the Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Lori. Thanks. Well, thank you for inviting me into. Your location here, this beautiful location, super excited to be here. But I'd love it for you, Lori, if you could start off by introducing yourself to our listeners. For those who may not know who you are, can you let us know who you are when you're not growing or leading businesses?
0: Oh, uh, wow. I don't even know. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, my name is Lori Campbell. I've been in the fitness industry uh, for a long time now, probably over 18 years, I want to say, which may age me, but it's okay. I'll put it out there. Um, and I'm a mom, so I have two kids, two little kids. Um, and what else do I like to do? We like to travel as a family. I like to encourage adventures for uh, our family and my kids. Um, and I just, honestly, I'd have to say I really am into fitness. Like, so beyond <laughs> being in the, being in it as a business, I'm also in it as a lifestyle. So um, doing adventurous uh, fitness as well as like retreats and things like that, as well as, as a daily occurrence. So working out, learning about working out, all those kinds of things.
1: That's amazing. Well, it sounds like you're living the dream, <laughs> leading, working, and doing. And- doing things that you really love. So why don't we just start off there, Lori? Can you start by telling us a little bit about Barry's Bootcamp and tell us what your role is, your responsibilities, and if you can, let us know what you're trying to accomplish over the next six to 12 months.
0: Um, So I am officially, the title would be uh, VP uh, of Canada, so Barry's Bootcamp Canada, and a partner here. So uh, Barry's Bootcamp Uh, was started in LA. And uh, my partner, David Cinnamon, and I uh, had a long road going back and forth, originally trying to franchise. And then that shifted into us now being a joint venture. So we have all of Canada to grow out. And what I do basically is operations for the entire Canadian business. Um, So overseeing, you know, from a high level, all hiring, top level hires down to overseeing or approving low level hires, deciding our direction and uh, overlooking our marketing plans, trying to gear that marketing ship, looking at overall utilization of our business, where to put our business. So location scouting, talent scouting, all those kinds of things um, that you, you can imagine goes into a business. And then from uh, a what we're going to do in the next 12 months. We are actually growing in the next 12 months to three more locations. So that's a definite because they've been signed. And then beyond that, we would just look to keep expanding as much as we can into Canada and looking for ideal spots and hoping to grow it to a place that uh, berries can be in every, you know, major Canadian city.
1: I mean, it's super exciting. I know Barry's Bootcamp's been around a long time, so happy to see the growth, especially I'm excited to see it in the, over the next 12 months. Um, Laurie, I did a little investigating, so when I actually, <laughs> <laughs> when I actually looked at your career, uh, you, you had a, you've been in the health space for the majority of it, but it looked like you've started a number of companies, and you held various leadership roles. Can you share with us some difficult decisions that you had to make that eventually allowed you to to grow as a business leader
0: uh i think early on so i i kind of started this road i guess the whole fitness road before it was made even popular i guess as a career choice i think when i first made it a career choice it wasn't actually a viable career choice it was something you did as a stepping stone to do something else and so i was lucky in that way that i kind of started this pioneering way. That allowed, and I had a lot of growth in that area of fitness has become a huge area of business. So, as an early adopter, I guess, into making that a career. And when I started, I was originally a yoga teacher by accident um, because I was a very dedicated yoga student. And I think my teacher at the time saw some potential in me and just kind of threw me into teaching, which was wonderful. And I think gave me confidence that I didn't or wouldn't have had otherwise like being kind of pushed was definitely uh, a better path for me. And that led me into actually opening my, the first business I ever did, which was a yoga studio, actually a yoga studio and a clothing business. Um, That is a whole other ball of wax, but um, (laughs) that business I think taught me a lot about timing and taught me really about what I wanted to do from a perspective of how precious my time is. So I learned something about opening a business that is really tied to me. And so one of the things going into a fitness business that people fail to realize is if you are a good instructor or a fantastic teacher of a particular fitness application, if you open a business based on that idea, you will be tied to that business like forever because people will come to your business expecting to see you. So I learned early on that I didn't want to do that because I love to travel and I love to you know, have time for myself and all those kinds of things. So I had to learn to build a business that I could actually step out of the limelight in, which I'm much more comfortable in. And then I was good at building a team to step into that light for me, because I'm better behind the scenes. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. Lo- I love running a business. I love putting it together. I don't necessarily want to be the person always in the in the spotlight. And I learned that from like that first business very early on, because I just couldn't be there, and you had to be there in that type of business model to make the money.
1: Right. How long did that take you to? I guess it sounds like to me you were really in the business. It was about you, but did it take certain things to happen within the business for you to make that change? Or did you know on the onset that, you know what, I'm just going to do that?
0: I think, no, I think early on, so all the, like when I opened up, all the classes were taught by me, you know, all of that. And you could go to um, hire instructors and all that kind of stuff. But when you build a model that way, it's very hard to then bring on new people because your clients that you've built have come, for you. Like Mm -hmm. you are a certain personality. Not everyone has this magical touch when it comes to teaching. So I do think that those are rare, like those instructors that you find are rare. And when you build a client base based on that, they're not going to accept like just anyone coming in to sub your classes. So I think I early on realized like, this isn't what I actually want to do. I loved teaching. I absolutely did. But I couldn't do it in a way that didn't allow me to come in and out of it. And I also knew that I enjoyed so much of the business aspect of it that I wanted more time to foster and grow other talent and also have the business be independent of my personality. So I think it was like into a a year, maybe two years that I realized that and then ended up selling that business to another well-known yoga uh, company here in the city and then went on to teach more, which gave me freedom, until at which point I ended up going in a back way into business.
1: Wow, Wow. I mean, it's really interesting that you had that insight, because I know, speaking to many business leaders or entrepreneurs, sometimes it takes a while to get that insight, that, you know what, maybe I really didn't like this, right? (laughs) Like, it it takes a while. What steps did you take, because you did mention it was about a year, year and a half, almost two years in, to get yourself out, out of the business?
0: Um, I don't know if I actually took. It's, it's a good question. I don't know if I took steps or it just happened naturally. I began to, I think, employ other people to come in and sub classes, and then that wasn't working. And I think it was just naturally telling me. Uh, I think I'm also a, an intuitive person. I think one thing I do listen well, even though my employees might say it differently, is I do <laughs> listen well. And I think that. I think it was a natural shift. Like it just happened that through conversations, I knew that the yoga studio I was dealing with was looking for a location in the area I was in. And it just kind of seemed to naturally happen that way. And sometimes I think those are the best ways that things happen is it's, it's not such a fight. And I didn't feel any like hard ownership of not wanting to do it. It was something actually I knew, I needed to do in order for myself to progress. And I wanted to learn different skills too. Like I knew what I was lacking um, when opening a business, and it was, you know, the whole financial back end of it, I hadn't really had any experience with and was, to be honest, quite a mess, like in terms of anything from doing taxes to books or anything (laughs) like that. So I needed to develop skills in order to become a full rounded business owner. And believe me, it did not happen in one business at all. It had to be a few. It's not a natural thing for me, which would then would lead me to a whole different thing in which I, I think you need to surround yourself with people who bring up your weaknesses um, and know your strengths. But um, that was definitely one of mine that I've had to learn sometimes the hard way.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. And as I did those investigations, you obviously mentioned that you exit that company, you went back into teaching. So you changed roles, you changed organizations. And when with those changes, typically there's a change in team, responsibilities. So how did you... Adjust and continually grow as an effective business leader?
0: Uh, I think for, because I was so, I was in a contracted business for so long until then I ended up joining Roots, if I can even remember my history correctly. Um, And that became like a natural thing too where they sought me out and uh, it had been a connection that I had had in my life that ended up being, they brought me in from, because I'd also had a fashion background before, so they brought me in from that angle. It's when athletic apparel was just kind of starting to really boom and everyone was kind of getting in on it. So they brought me in uh, as they were launching their yoga line uh, to help with that. And I got to work with some really great people, um, including Sid Better, who had originally brought Lululemon to Canada and got to see some experience there and gain some different insights there. I loved working with that company. And, but it was different because I was still a contractor. I was almost a little bit running my own business still, mm-hmm. which I still to that, like I very much know in my bones that it's the way I work best. Um, I'm not someone that can punch in at a certain time and punch out a certain time. I'm someone who will probably always over deliver in terms of the amount of time that I'm going to put towards something. But the moment you tell me that this is the hours I have to come and this is the hours I have to leave, it's almost like, my output is less. So as I changed, I was lucky that at least I knew that. So whenever I agreed to do a job or go into a job, that was one of the things I kind of really need to to outline for myself because trying to fit myself into an organization that was going to be like, these are your hours and this is how it has to be in a very, very corporate way probably wasn't going to be an ideal fit for me. I was still not necessarily, I was in a leadership role in terms of helping with design and, and coming up with ideas and running that yoga studio as they opened that yoga studio. So started to, um, hire staff and scout teachers and do all that kind of stuff. So I guess that was the opening part of that, um, or that introduction to that, that role. But I think. I didn't really have a full company at that point to run or anything, so I was still very much within a comfort zone of mm-hmm, mine, mm-hmm. and still actually in a learning. Like I, I got a lot of opportunity to learn from people uh, that I admired and respected.
1: And it was a safe zone too to be in that type of situation for yeah, you, right? Very safe,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I was also having, you know, that was when I started to enter a world where I was having starting a family or making the decisions to start family. And that is actually when that next kind of job shifted. So I took a little bit of time off, had my daughter, and then through that, I ended up in the next venture that I did.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Really commend you in terms of the successes and the type of career path you've taken. Um, Right now, you're seen as a successful women business leader now. So I'd love it. And this is maybe a little selfish because I have a young daughter who, who might be listening to this in a couple of years. Like what insights can you share to the younger women, the millennials who, who are looking to grow today?
0: You know, this is a, a tough one because I think that there's so much popularity around this topic right now and getting women to um, move forward and speak up and, and move into leadership positions. And, I think obvious part of it is that there's that common thing, you know, from a Sheryl Sandberg point of view of like leaning in. And that is so true from a level of you really do need to speak up. Uh, We have to stop being afraid. I think fear has so much to do with women um, really not being in top positions uh, frequently, like we don't see them as often as men. And I think women are more afraid, like women are just more afraid to, jump into something without being fully qualified. Whereas I know men that will not be nearly qualified and be like, yeah, I could do that. Um, Women are kind of afraid that someone's going to find them out, that they're not, you know, perfect at this, or they can't manage to do that, or they don't know this. And we just have to accept that that's also life. Like part of life is you learn on the job, you learn the skills, you acquire the skills that you need to acquire. But if you never push yourself into a place where you're going to need to learn or you're going to need to think fast or you're going to need to keep up or you're going to have to research or you're going to, you know, then growth is going to stall. And so you you have to just not be so afraid. And and I'm saying this to myself in a way, because I'm, you know, often incredibly afraid. I'm often in rooms with all men, uh, especially like when it comes to our construction team, stuff like that, they literally might, like they should be speaking a different language. I can't (laughs) understand it. And I can't be afraid to stop them and say, I don't understand what you're saying right now. You're going to have to like explain it to me differently. Um, And not be worried that that's going to come across as that. I'm a typical stupid woman or something like that. Like I have, I've, I've started to slowly take those steps to assert myself, to say, I, you know, I'm not in that role. I don't understand construction. So someone explain it to me and I have that right and I don't have to know it all. And I have every right to ask for information um, and it doesn't make me less and it actually makes me more knowledgeable and more willing to come to the table when I'm willing to admit, that I, I need help with this or and not to be ashamed. And I think a lot of women are put into situations where because already they've come in feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough for this, any time that is at all kind of hinted at because they're feeling like in a situation where, oh, I don't know that answer, they'll cower back further and that's the time to actually go in and say, actually, explain that to me. And I think you slowly, as you do that more, you feel it shifting and the fear goes away and the fear goes away and the fear goes away but it's something you 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 have to be vigilant about because it's it's always there it's like over your shoulder
1: hey there if you are enjoying this conversation with lori and have any questions comments or feedback about this episode please post it on my free private facebook group where i share daily insights i answer your questions and also connect you with other like-minded business leaders, go to the slash FB group or search for the Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. Now let's get back to it. It sounds like to me in terms of just showing up and asking those questions and not being scared, like, was it something you had to consciously build on? And obviously now it's a habit for you. But for those who are listening or the younger women that are listening, like how do you constantly or, or remind yourself when you're into these new situations? Because sometimes it, you just go back to your habit and and cower away is like you said, right?
0: Yeah. And so I think I, I definitely spent years where I did. I literally just cowered or did it silently, like silently rebelled, which then I think creates resentment and can potentially close opportunities for you that were open. Um, so you think it's Everyone else, but really you're not doing anything to change the situation. So I think it's honestly through therapy, (laughs) through, you know, talking it out with people I respected. It was from not being afraid to approach people that I felt had, you know, perhaps I'd been personally offended, even though it was strictly professional. Perhaps I had felt threatened or disappointed or like brushed aside by people and never said anything or never spoke up. And I think it was through talking to my husband, talking to my father, talking to uh, other women that are in professional opinion saying, you know, I take things so personally and to realize that in business, you know, I do think women tend to do that too. We take things personally more and being able to stand up and be like, but I'm allowed, like I don't have to be a man to be in business. I'm a woman, I'm emotional, but if I do, I need to then clearly articulate that and not be afraid to have a conversation, not be afraid to start the conversation and clear the air so that I can move forward and make sure that my opportunities are always clear. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's a difficult thing because you often feel that you are trying to be man-like in business. And I, I had to consciously stop doing that and to own that we're gonna do business differently. And then I had to own when I was feeling something as opposed to putting it on someone else and getting really quiet and resentful. Well,
1: oh, that's great. Well, thank you for sharing, I really appreciate it. Uh, Lori, I'm, I'm curious, is there anything that you are, you continually do or you currently do to, to help you develop today as a business leader still?
0: Uh, I think going back to what I said earlier in terms of skills, I really do like to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I listen to podcasts a lot. I like to read a lot. Uh, But I definitely also like to have conversations and listen in on conversations Mm -hmm. uh, that are probably out of my reach or out of my depth. And even in the moment, again, if I'm feeling like a little bit like a fish out of water, eventually I think it teaches me something. I, you know, no one enjoys having difficult conversations, but the more that I've had them, the more that I enjoy them. So I think doing things that make me uncomfortable really help me learn, you know, listening. My husband's also in business. So listening to him, just listening to him to so how he deals with employees or things like that is educational for me. My partner in this business is, you know, wiser, older than me, David, and listening to him, and his thoughts on business, how he's gotten to where he is, hearing his history, all those things have been educational and and interesting for me. So I think it's just generally, like as a cliche, you know, not so interesting thing to say, I think it's honestly just being open and being willing to listen and constantly uh, observing, like around you. And you learn from so many different things, like it's not just one. You never know the next moment that is going to teach you something that's going to impact your life greatly or the way that you run a business greatly.
1: That's great. You mentioned um, outside of listening, you're reading a lot. And I get the opportunity to speak with many business leaders from from every industry, Got a crazy list. I just want to know, like, what are you reading right now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could sound really smart or really dumb. Um, no, so I <laughs> i actually just finished um, Kingpin, which was like a, about the guy who started like the Silk Road. You know, like it's so anyway, interesting, not related to business. Well, really, it was a business book, but a very underground business book. Uh, but now I'm reading um, Never Split the Difference. It's a negotiation. It's actually like a terrorist negotiation Um that's, that's, fairly new,
1: that's fairly new, too. Yeah, right,
0: I and yeah. so I, I don't know. I am so random with my book choices sometimes, but that's what I'm currently reading and not that I'm doing like hardcore negotiations, but I actually got inspired to pick that up because I started being thrown into so many situations. You know, construction isn't really interesting. Landlords are really interesting. <laughs> um, and I began to find that I needed to be stronger in that area. And I wanted to have some real info on like how do you hold your position? What is a really strong negotiating tactic? all those kind of. So I started looking into all negotiation books. So we'll see where that takes me.
1: What's What's the uh, <laughs> the latest tactic that you learned that you were really like, I need to try that.
0: Um, I think listening. So really um, listening and mirroring what people are saying. So, you know, the whole nodding and.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing that right <laughs> now, I listening. promise.
0: But making sure that you're mirroring back to someone so that they feel heard and they felt understood. It's also like a. it, it wasn't just negotiating that this is teaching me. Actually, it's about dealing with employees, empathy. Empathy is really important in negotiation. And the other once the other side feels heard and feels um, seen and recognized, they're much more willing to let their guard down. And then that's where actually conversations begin. And so that was an interesting, not that I don't think I hadn't done that already, but I, it, he said it in a way that I feel resonated with me strongly.
1: And I'm sure to reinforce some of the things that you've done in the past as well, right? Mm-hmm. Lori, can you name a person who had a tremendous impact on you as, as a business leader today? Uh, it could be anyone. It could be a mentor, someone alive, dead, someone you know, don't know.
0: This was tough. So uh, I've had so many people, I think that as everyone does, I think you don't, you know, we're not islands. And uh, my grandmother definitely, uh, she's still alive and she's, you know, still smart. And with it. And she's always been someone there that's there for me unconditionally. Uh, My mom died when I was young. So that was uh, a tough time. And my father, who was also very inspirational to me, what I found most, the most inspiring from my dad, I guess that I learned from my dad was that he really, him and my mom were a part, like they truly were a partnership. She worked, he worked. And I never felt that he had a higher hierarchy than her. I was raised very much that my parents were equal in the home. And I think that kind of set very much, like I I never questioned that I could work or lead or do anything like it, it, it was never in my DNA that it wasn't an option for me. So I think that was very kudos to him that he, it just wasn't to him either. Like there was no limits for me and my sister. So that was an early inspiration or at least like setting the stage for for me to feel like I can accomplish. And I'd say my first yoga teacher, I think he saw something in me. When I was at a weak point, I think my mother was dying at the point I took that up and he somehow kind of like reached in and was like, no, you're better than this. There's something in you that's like gonna go further than this. And I think he really was one of the people who really brought me out of a place where I could have gone down a totally different road. Uh, So yeah, I think he kind of... He made me believe in me when I probably was on the verge of just not.
1: That's great. No, I (laughs) love to share. I was going to just mention, and what was coming quickly to my mind was that how you mentioned family. Love you, grandma, and your father. (laughs) Thank you for, for providing those things. But your teacher, your mentor, and now you mentioned a lot over the last couple of roles you've been in is really hiring and teaching. So do you see yourself doing that when you do recognize someone? that maybe has potential, but they don't see it.
0: I, you know I think that's why I love, I love the people part of this business. Uh, I think in all businesses, I mean, who knows going into the future, things are changing all the time. And I think we're reducing our dependency on people all the time, but so far right now in the fitness business, it is uh, a service industry business and it's reliant on the people that we hire. And, one thing I love about this job and this business is the people. And I love, you know, seeing someone start in one place and grow to another and watching all the different personalities and how that happens and how I can help foster that. But it's also hard, it has negativity with that too, because then sometimes when you put your heart and soul into people and they end up leaving or, it just doesn't work out, or you know, maybe you thought you were doing good and, and they see it a different way. So there's all those lessons that you learn through literally the people that you hire, but it is definitely, I think, one of the most satisfying things that can happen from being a leader is the growth or the potential growth that you see in others.
1: Fun question, Laurie. If I were to ask any of your team, it could be past, present, colleagues, business partners, peers, What's the best leadership quality that you possess? What do you think they would say?
0: No, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like to say something nice. but uh, You know, I think, and this may be like, I, I, I always saw this as a negative, but I'm starting to embrace it as a positive, is I think a lot of people initially say, I'm intimidating, but they always follow it up with, but then when I met you, Like, I didn't feel as intimidated. Like, as we've started to grow a relationship, uh, I didn't feel that. But I'm glad because I always fought that for a long time. I'm like, I'm not intimidating. I'm so nice. And I think now I actually am starting to, but that I can portray a strong, you know, maybe don't mess with me all the time. I do mean business. But I am approachable. I'm willing to listen. But I'm meant to be taken seriously. Like, I'm not... I'm glad that you're a little bit, you sit a little straighter if I walk in the room, like as a leader and as someone who's running a company, because I do think there needs to be that level of respect uh, in order to create great leadership.
1: So what else, Lori? Do you have any other special projects, initiatives, or it could be something fun that that you're really excited about and maybe even losing sleep?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is something, I can't say anything about it though because it's top secret, but Maybe we'll do another one of these and then I can reveal it. But definitely. That's definitely making me lose sleep, but it's top secret. Uh, yeah. But beyond that, with berries, I'm just super excited with this growth. It's been an amazing ride so far. We have, you know, I'm very excited about these next locations opening. Um, and I'm really excited to see like those communities because one of the things is, since coming to Toronto and having this first location, the community that we've built up has been amazing. Uh, it literally feels like family and not just the employees, like the clients that come are super dedicated and you know, our employees all know them and they all know our employees. They party together, they go out together. It's kind <laughs> of insane. So it's been amazing to watch that. And I'm excited to see that grow in Calgary and Vancouver and our second location in Toronto. It should be pretty amazing.
1: Very cool. So before we end, I'd love to get some final thoughts, observations. Ideally, actionable recommendations that you could share to the growing business leader who is listening today?
0: I think going back to what I said, so especially like for women, don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, I can't say don't be afraid because that's just a silly thing to say because we're all going to always be afraid, but um, to, I guess, be afraid and do it anyway. To put yourself into situations that, you know, make you question like this podcast where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on a podcast. (laughs) Um, That you know, make you a little bit nervous and make you think a little bit. And that requires a little bit more than just, you know, walking through your every day to day and encouraging yourself to step into those situations because you're going to grow and you're going to learn from them and to not be afraid to fail, to make mistakes, to trip up a little bit and then to also brush it off. You know, life is cyclical and we're going to be up And when we're up, we should really take advantage of it because it's not going to last. And then when we're down, you know, just know that up is around the corner. So I think to be aware that in business, just like in life, it's a cycle and it's not always going to be high, but when it's high, like ride the high (laughs) and when it's low, like prepare for the high.
1: I love it. To close, Lori, can you tell us where we can find more information about you boot bootcamp or anything else you'd love to share with us today
0: uh so for Berry's, you can go onto our website which is www.berriesbootcamp.com and uh we are at berries canada for our instagram so check us out there and my instagram is at lauriecampbell.life i'm not the best poster in the world but i'm always that's on my to-do list it's my it's my bucket list i will get better at social media.
1: Well, I'm gonna, <laughs> well we're going to tag you. Um, but thank you for your time today, Lori. Really appreciate you joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast.
0: Thank you so much. This has been fun.
1: That's it, business leaders. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast. That was episode number 95 with Lori Campbell. If you want to learn more about Lori Berry's boot camp or anything else that we discuss please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 095. Our sponsors today are Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they're calling in. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the podcast today. And be sure to follow us on social media at TBLCast. And bonus, if you take a screenshot of you following or subscribing the podcast and posted it within our Facebook group, I will give you a shout out on the next episode. Thank you again. Edwin signing off.
0: Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.